don't we all stand and just lift up a voice of praise in the sanctuary? Come on, for just a few seconds, I wonder if you could clap your hands, lift your voice, do whatever you want to do, but let's just give God some praise in the sanctuary tonight. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Feels good in the house tonight. I love it that when I come into the house of God, that when I lift my hands, I can feel his presence. How many knows there's nothing like the presence of God? Nothing can replace the presence of God in our lives. What an amazing spirit of the Holy Ghost is in this place tonight. Um, we want to continue to pray uh, for the French family. I know that Brother Mueller mentioned it, but um, they are all traveling today. And uh, how many love your pastor and assistant pastor and... and uh, Amen. So pray that God will give them traveling mercies, that he'd be with them. And I know we'll miss them while they're gone, but they'll be back shortly. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. And uh, it feels good to be in the house tonight. And I'm excited to be in the house of God tonight. And I just want to take this opportunity to say, Brother and Sister Cole, I love you so much. And I wanted to honor you tonight. And uh, my parents aren't here tonight, but my grandparents are here tonight. So I feel just fine. And I have lots of great grandparents in this church. And I love you all so much. Give honor to all them and to my wife. Pray for us. Um, baby Judah is coming in just a few short weeks. And we're very excited about it. And thank you for all your prayers and love and kindness through this time. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. If you have it, can you say amen? It says this. If you know it, could you read it with me? I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all of them also that love his appearing. How many are looking forward to the appearing of Jesus Christ? Verse 9, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed into Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia, and only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Psalms chapter 121 verse 8 says, For the Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. I want to preach to you tonight on this subject. Finish the race. Finish the race. I wonder if we could put our Bibles down and could you lift up your hands and I know we've been worshiping for just a moment, but I wonder if some prayer warriors could let out your voice for just a minute. I know we've had a great move of God today. I know that from the second we walked into this building this morning that there was an amazing presence of God that we felt to but that presence that we felt and that God that we worshiped is still here tonight. Uh, come on, I wonder if you could just lift up your voice for just a few short moments. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
I pray for every faithful saint under the sound of my voice tonight. Lord, I realize who I am preaching to tonight, and I realize what you are trying to speak to us in the Spirit. And God, I pray that you would open our hearts to receive your word, open our ears to hear your word, and open our mouth to speak your word tonight. And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. If you believe it, why don't you just clap your hands? And everyone said, in Jesus' name. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Everyone loves to make a grand entrance. To make a good first impression. Sometimes we are borderline obsessed with how we are perceived at a first glance. Actors have written about the grand entrance and how to captivate an audience. But when you study successful actors, they will tell you that your exit off of the stage is more important than your entrance onto the stage. And when it comes to the kingdom of God, it's not about how you come onto the scene. It's about how you go out that matters. It's not about how you come into the world that counts. It's the way that you go out that matters. And hear me now. You cannot judge anyone by their entrance. David said in Psalm 51 and 5, he said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. You see, I was born... A sinner. When I came onto the scene, I was born into sin. There was nothing I could do about it. It's just the way that things are. Until one day everything changed for me. Just like it did for Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and verse 5. When Jesus answered him saying, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water. And of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. How many are thankful about the day that you entered into the kingdom of God? You see, sin, can you say sin? Sin ruined our grand entrance because we were born into it. But ladies and gentlemen, I've got good news for you tonight. It's not just about how you come in. It's about how you go out. By the mercy and the grace of Jesus, I had a chance to be born again when I went in to the sanctuary a sinner, but I went out a child of God. I went into the altar broken, but I went out beautifully mended. I went into the house of prayer with depression, but I went out of the house of prayer with joy, with peace, with love. I wish somebody would get excited for just a second about what God has done for us. You see, my life used to be a mess. When I came into this world, my life was a mess. I was messed up in sin. I was messed up in bondage. But I came in that way. But I'm not going to go out that way. I'm going to go out living for Jesus Christ. 
Far too many Christians are working on an entry-level position in the Spirit when they should be working on an exit level in the Spirit. You can always tell in the Holy Ghost when somebody is living for right now or when they're living for heaven. You can see it by their actions. You can see it by their dedication. You can see it by their prayer life. You can see it by their faithfulness to the house of God. It's not just about when we went in. It's about how we'll go out. In Psalm 121 and 8, it says, The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in. Notice with me that David mentioned going out before he ever mentioned coming in. Because the way you go out of the world is much more important than the way you came in. I'm so glad I came into his kingdom. But I've got to stay faithful. I've got to finish the race. I've got to steady my course. I've got to keep moving forward. I'm so glad that I came into his kingdom, but I've got to prepare an exit plan from this kingdom into the next kingdom. I'm not working on an entry-level position. I'm working on an exit plan. Somebody just clap your hands and give God praise if you're looking forward to going to heaven. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in. And hear me tonight. It doesn't matter how you came into the kingdom of God saved if you go out lost. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Satan isn't worried about how you came into church tonight. He's worried about how you'll leave. He's worried about how you'll come out. You see, I'm old-fashioned. I believe that one church service can change your entire life. I believe one encounter with Jesus Christ can change everything about you. And we wonder why the enemy fights people so hard just to get to church. You invite them to church over and over and over. And there's always just something. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? There's always something that just keeps them from the house of God. Oh, I want to come. Oh, I want to get. Yeah, keep asking me. I'll get there one day. The reason the enemy fights them so hard to get to the house of God is not about them coming in. He's worried about how they're going to leave. He's worried about what's going to happen when they walk into this place. When you come into the presence of God, listen, in the last days, we've got to get people into the house of God. I don't care how they come in. That's not what matters. The way they go out is going to change their life. Paul wrote to Timothy late in his life. 
And he said in 2 Timothy 4 and 7, he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Later in the text, we read of Paul's fellow laborer and friend, Demas. And in 2 Timothy 4 and 10, Paul says, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. Now, we don't know much about Demas, but we know that Paul loved him. And we know that they worked together for the kingdom of God. Yet you see Paul saying, I have finished my course. But you see that Demas decided not to finish that race. The Bible says that he didn't finish because he loved this present world. Paul continues and says in 2 Timothy 4 and 11, and I love this, he says, but Luke is with me. Who will you choose to be? Demas or Luke? How will your story be written? I wonder right now if we could lift up our hands and I wonder if we could pray over every single person that is in this sanctuary right now that that, that there would be a Luke mentality that says no matter what I'm not going to stop come on for just a second in the name of Jesus Christ I'm not going to stop working for the kingdom of God I'm not going to stop nothing can sway me nothing can keep me from the work of the kingdom This church has some of the most beautiful stories you've ever heard in your life of how people came in to the house of God. But what made all the difference is when they went out changed and they began to live their life in a different way. When the word of God, does anybody remember when the word of God changed you? It changed your decision thought process it changed the way that you dressed. It changed the way that you acted. It kept you from using profanity. It kept you, it, it helped you begin to control some things that you used to not be able to control because we've got the most beautiful story on earth that we've been turned around. We've got the most beautiful testimony on earth. We've got to be good stewards of what God's given us. We've got to keep running. We've got to keep running the race. Palm trees are not like other trees. They survive hurricanes. Did anybody see any footage of the hurricanes, Hurricane Harvey, and you saw the palm trees just swaying? Trees generally snap or at least lose a few branches when faced with hurricane strength winds but not palm trees. For starters, unlike traditional trees, palm trees are not made of wood. 
Instead, you'll find a jumble of spongy tissue scattered instead of arranged inside of a palm tree. They bend, but they won't break. And the only way for a storm to take down a palm tree is to attack the roots. They can't be broken, so they must be uprooted. Let me remind you today in the Holy Ghost, and I feel the Holy Ghost in this house, that this storm cannot break you. I'm going to say it again. The storm that you're in the middle of right now, the situation that you're facing right now cannot bake cannot break you no storm can take you down but you should plant your feet and say I might bend a little bit life might beat me up just a little bit I might bend but I won't break no storm is going to keep me from finishing the race oh somebody shout unto God no storm no storm no storm And this is why Satan will do everything he can to attack the origins of your faith. He wants to dig you up by the roots. He knows you're too strong. He knows you're too powerful. He knows your testimony is too miraculous. And he realizes he's not going to be able to break you. And so he begins to try and uproot you. This is why our generation is seeing like we've never seen before an unparalleled attack on doctrine and on holiness. What's happening? The devil is trying to dig the church up by the roots. He's trying to dig the church up. He's trying to dig us up uh, all the way back to the book of Acts. Uh, he's trying to take us up because he knows this thing has gotten too powerful. This thing has gotten too strong. I've got to attack the roots. But I've got bad news for Satan tonight uh, that you can't uproot uh, the foundation of this church uh, because this church uh, was built on a rock. Ephesians 2 and 20 says, And thou art built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Satan, you can mess with me, but you can't touch Jesus Christ. What I'm standing on is a rock. You can't break me, and you cannot prove me. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. No storm is going to keep me from going to heaven. I feel the Holy Ghost here. The devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. You've got to rebuke him. Somebody ought to speak the name of Jesus. He's scared of you. He's scared of you. He knows how strong you are. He's the chief cornerstone. 
were built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ. In Greek, and I'm no Greek scholar, <laughs> the pastor can straighten this out if it's not right. In Greek, Demas means popular. The storms of acceptance and popularity were able to take him down because he was living for this present world. He was not living for what was to come. And it's a terrifying thing when you look into scripture and you see somebody that works directly with Luke and directly with Paul. The Bible says that they loved each other. That they, have you ever worked with somebody in the kingdom and you grew a love for them because you were working for the same thing? You were working for the same cause. And this is what happened to Paul. He loved Demas. He loved working for the kingdom of God. They were making a difference in the kingdom of God. And yet he writes with tears in his eyes to Timothy. And he says, Demas has forsaken me. Why? Oh, he just, he loved the world. He loved this present world. When Demas means popular, could the Lord be trying to tell us that the church needs to be careful not to sacrifice holiness for popularity? The church has got to be careful not to sacrifice standards, not to sacrifice the word of God, not to sacrifice separatedness, not to sacrifice separation, but we're going to stand. We're not worried about being popular. I don't care about being popular. I want to be saved. But the spirit of Demas is getting into the church. Where they make decisions based on, on what's happening in the pew rather than what should be happening in the pulpit. They don't want to preach the gospel because they don't want to lose any saints. Ain't nobody know what I'm talking about in the house. We've got to be careful to not let the spirit of Demas get into the church. He had his grand entrance, but he didn't prepare for his exit. But Luke, can you say Luke? He had roots that went all the way back to the book of Acts. I've come through the fire and the rain. And I'm going to finish the race. I, I've come too far. I'm telling somebody, you've come too far. You've accomplished too much. God's been too good to throw it away. God's been too good to throw in the towel. You've got to finish. Second Timothy 4 and 11. But Luke is with me. He's still here. No matter who walks away or no matter what storm faces us, I believe that the church will always have a Luke 
that the church, the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. That there's always going to be people that stand for righteousness, that stand for truth, that preach the book of Acts. Hebrews 12 and 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The second that you were born into the kingdom of God, you were entered into a race. But this race is unlike any other race you've heard of because this race is not a competition by nature. The shot was fired, and you took off on your spiritual journey. But this race is unusual in nature because all that matters is the finish line. It matters not who finishes first. Everybody that crosses the finish line places the same. And here's a side note for free. Competition is a human thing not a heaven thing. Any runner will tell you that the middle mile is the hardest mile. And to just keep running the race, somebody look at your neighbor in the face and say, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. Could we stand as the musicians come? He had waited his whole life for this moment. Derek Redman would run the 400 meter semifinal race in Barcelona's 1992 Summer Olympics. I trained my whole life for this moment, said Derek. Ready, set, go. They were off. 150 meters in and everything was okay until Derek felt a sharp pain and felt like he had been shot in the leg and his worst nightmare had come true with 65,000 people watching. His hamstring had snapped and he could hardly move. He fell down with tears in his eyes and he thought, it's over. My dreams have been crushed. He says as he looked face down in the dirt, all he could see in his mind was his name printed on paper with three letters written by it, D-N-F, which stands for did not finish. He couldn't live with that. And so he got up and he started hopping for the finish line. And after hopping about 50 meters, a man came running through the crowd past security and Derek felt a hand on his shoulder. And as he looked over, he realized that it was his father, Jim. His father looked at him and said, let's finish this together. And with the help of his father, Derek finished the race that day. Now, if you look back at the Olympics, 
1992. The funny thing is, nobody remembers or talks about who placed first. But everybody remembers who got back up again. With the help of our Father, we're going to finish this race. We all fall down, but it's the getting back up that counts. This race is unlike any race because it doesn't matter who comes in first. All that matters is that you finish. That you set the course and you finish the race. I'm about to open this altar. Look with me at Jesus on the cross in John 19 and 30. And I'm closing. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. God finished what he started on that day when he said, It is finished. He finished our shame. He finished the power of hell. He finished sin. Jesus finished his race to make it possible for us to finish our race. Now this altar is open tonight. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't live with the did not finish by my name. I can live with a lot of things. I can go with a lot of disappointment down here. But when it comes to eternity and the things of God, I can't live my life with the reality that I did not finish. I just can't do it. It's too much to gain and too affordable to let go. I believe that we're going to make it. And I believe that these are the last days. We are living in the last days. Acts 20 and 24 says, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. I wonder tonight if we could make our way to this altar. And I wonder if we could just commit ourselves to God tonight. I feel this in the Holy Ghost so strong. I know this is simple tonight. I know this is straightforward tonight. But I feel like somebody needs to make a fresh commitment to God that I'm going to finish the race. I know that you've brought me a long way, God. I know that you've stepped into my situation time and time again. I know that you've made all the difference in my life. But God, it's not about how I come in that's going to make the difference for eternity. If I don't go out righteous, if I don't go out holy, if I don't go out prayed up and stayed up, if I don't go out with the worship, with the praise on my lips, God, I've got to finish the race. 
Come on, could you lift your hands all over the sanctuary? Come on, we're going to pray for some people right now. I want you to get a few people in your mind right now who have fallen. They've fallen. But I believe they're going to get back up again. I believe they're going to, I believe your families can live for God. I believe your children are going to make it back to the house of God. I believe that we're going to make it. I know I'm preaching to the church tonight. I know I'm preaching to the faithful tonight. But there's people that have fallen. There's people that have fallen. And they feel like they can't get back up. This, These prayer warriors in these altars are going to be the ones that help pull them back up. Come on, that's it. Could you just intervene for just a second? Could you intercede for just a second? There's some people that used to be in this race. They used to fight. They used to fight in this race. somebody if you can pray grab somebody by the shoulder if it's appropriate link up with somebody unite with somebody and pray for somebody bishop i would be honored if you would pray for us tonight a prayer of faithfulness there's no greater example of faithfulness than yourself and i wonder if you could pray for us that God would help us to finish. Lord, tonight we realize our weakness. Oh, God, we realize that by ourselves we can't make it. Our strength is gone. Oh, God, you're our very present help. In fact, your word said that you're a very present help at the time of need. God, and I pray that every man, every woman, every young person that's here tonight in this place of worship, God, that we would realize God, without you, we'll not make it. You're our source of strength. You're our source of courage. You're the source of faith. God, so we commit our ways unto thee. And I pray that God, tonight, as I stand here in the presence of you, oh, in the presence of Almighty God, that you would serve us, God. Don't let us become complacent and unconcerned and negligent concerning the things of God, but help us to realize that, God, heaven's in view. Heaven's in view, heaven's in view. Oh God, heaven's in view. We must endure to the end. We got to endure to the end. <laughs> God, in your name, Jesus. <laughs> God, thank you. 
Could we just lift up our voice and give God some praise?